Welcome to the Wildly Balanced podcast. Wildly Balanced is your weekly permission slip to do business your way. Permission to bring more life into your work-life balance, set better boundaries and stick to them sustainably, release shame and let your wild side flow. Welcome back to another episode of Wildly Balanced. Just welcome to the hostel. So today I've got a super special guest. And I'm super excited to talk. This is Lucy Dunn. She is an outdoor enthusiast, digital nomad, personal trainer, nutrition coach, all the things, who founded Dunbells with the hopes of one day impacting whole generations. I love that so much. Lucy, you became an online trainer in 2016, way back, way back, uh, successful with her own. Thanks for being Lucy. Thank you so much for having me, Carly. I'm excited to chat and I love that I can see like your background right now. I'm just channeling those Mexico vibes. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm right next to the center in the street. So I've got like the flags and everything. And there's some hail. It looks awesome. I love it. Thank you. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Can you tell me and the viewers or listeners a little bit more about yourself, who you are, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So just like you mentioned, my name is Lucy Dunn. I'm the founder of Dunbells, which is an online personal training company at its core. But that seems like it's hard when I'm sure there's lots of business owners listening to it. And it's like you try and say it in a sentence of what it is, but like there's always so much more to it. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But at the end of the day, we help women feel like a better version of themselves. We help them become stronger, more confident. And we do that while they're surrounded by another community of incredible women all around the world. And so it sort of happened by accident. I never could have imagined this would be my life. And so it's one of those sort of pinch me moments that I have to have all the time where it's like, wow, this business that started with just one person is now this global business. It's been able to support my wife and I living what we call the dream. And it just feels like such an awesome thing to be able to do to like live on your own terms and run a business that really fills your cup. And so yes, at the core of it, it's personal training and it's online and it's through an app. However, there's so much more to that. We're just this awesome community of people kicking goals and really have to pinch myself sometimes, but that's what I get to wake up and do. That's so beautiful. I'm so excited for you. Your passion really calls through when you're, I'm very curious. We talked a little bit about it, but what really, like, why are you so passionate about fitness and what really started this journey to this business? Yeah. If you had asked me six years ago, if I had any interest in fitness, my answer would have been no. Like I didn't even know how to scan my membership card to get into a gym or how to put together a balanced meal or anything like that. And so it hasn't been something that I was born with. I think there's a lot of people in that health and wellness space where they're sort of born into this fit body or this fit lifestyle and that sort of thing. And that just has not been me. And so it really happened from my own personal journey. I had a weight loss of 65 pounds. And then on the flip side of that, after losing all of the weight, struggling from program to program, trainer to trainer, I developed an eating disorder, which then put me in a place where, okay, here I am, I've reached my dream body goals, but I've launched this other huge problem in my life that is taking over now. And so it wasn't until I sort of came out of that, that I really realized there's a problem here. There's a lot of other people who are going on a very similar cycle that I've been on. Some people don't come out of it though. And so that's really what sparked that passion. And I think that is what gets me up every single day because I remember what it felt like to really struggle. I remember what it felt like to feel so alone. And I remember what it felt like to not know the answers. And you turn to Google and you punch something in and it gives you a million different 
options of what you could be doing and they all conflict with each other. And so what I really am trying to do is cut through that, break the noise and give you the real tangible things that truly matter. The unfortunate part about that is a lot of the time, it's not the fluffy stuff that sells. It's not the new piece of equipment. It's not the new fad diet. And so we're just trying our best to cut through all of that, to keep it simple and to help people achieve their goals. And that stems from here. This is what I've done. I know what works. And these are the thousands of people that we've helped. And so that's just exactly what, what lights me up and what helps my passion just keep shining through. Wow. That's so amazing. I feel like we both share kind of similar views of just life in general of like, you can do it quickly and like get to your goal weight. But if you don't build like a sustainable foundation of how to do it, it's not going to last. And I feel the same way with business of like, you could make 10,000 in a month, but it's like, if you don't do it sustainably and you don't build yourself a foundation that will support you, like as you continue month after month, kind of like, like it's just, it's not. 100%. I actually see so many similarities in my health and wellness journey and my entrepreneur business journey. Like it's wild that they are quite different, but there are so many common threads that go through. And it's probably like a nice segue into, you know, the business. I know a lot of people are here for like business help and business support and business advice. And after running this company from zero customers to breaking one of my big goals, which was six figures and doing things a lot of the time, the, I guess the hacked way, or let's do this the fast way, or let's spend, you know, this much money on ads and get this many customers and all of these things that are sort of sold to us online versus the sustainable way, like you speak about building the community, building that membership base, these things take time. And that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that you can't hack that. You can't build a really wobbly foundation and hope it's going to sustain you because at the end of the day, you're likely going to be looking for some sort of full-time job after because your business flopped. And so I think it's like, a, if nothing else, if people take nothing else from this episode, you and I are on the same page of like, do it as best you can, build that solid foundation. And then everything on top of that is going to go well because you've put in that hard work, but it does take time. Amen. That's it. That's the episode. This was a great chat. Thank you, Lucy. <laughs> That's so true. I love it. I mean, we could be done right there. Basically. My drop right there. I love that so much. I also just realized that dumbbells are done very similar to dumbbells. That's probably why you chose it as a fitness brand. A hundred percent. But lots of people, lots of people do pronounce my last name as Dune, so Lucy Dune, and then they say Dune Bells, and it doesn't quite hit the same, which I'm cool with. Like I'll respond to anything, and we're still at the end of the day going to help people hit their goals. But it makes a lot more sense when we go with dumbbells. <laughs> it does. My apologies, there. I even asked you before we started. I was like, "How do you pronounce it?" It's all I good. Still got it wrong. Definitely not offended. It's all good. Something to talk about. I'm so sorry. Definitely. How does Dunbell stand out? Like, how are you different from other fitness journeys and fitness programs? I think one of the biggest things, and this is just going back to what I hear clients say all of the time. So often what they're coming to us with is years of trying programs, trying trainers, working with nutritionists. They've done all of these things. And so we're often not the first thing people are trying. And what we hear time and time again, even in the first week is that, wow, are you actually telling me I can eat those foods? And so I guess to summarize, it's sort of like all these fitness things that we've been told where we need to reduce calories or we need to cut out certain food groups or we need to do 60-minute workouts five times a week, all these myths that we've been convinced are the answers and the only way to success. One of the biggest ways that we're different is we debunk all of those and we actually help you 
create something for your lifestyle that's it's going to be sustainable. And so if you're cutting out carbohydrates, for example, and you absolutely love potatoes, what a miserable life to be living when you feel like you can't have those things. And ultimately it's going to backfire. And so we give people a lot of permission to enjoy those foods, to eat a lot of food. They don't have to restrict. They don't have to cut out things that they love. They can even drink alcohol and achieve their goals. So I think it's just like the overarching thing with us is that we are not your typical program where people sign up and they get ready to like clean out the fridge of all the bad things. It's like, no, 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 let's keep all of that stuff. And by the way, your workouts, they can be 10 minutes and let's focus on what we can do in that beautiful amount of time that you have because we're all busy people. And so it's a real life approach to health and wellness instead of carving out this time and doing this unrealistic program that at the end of it, you're going to resort back to all of the things that you weren't happy with in the first place. I love that so much. I also love that you snuck a little permission slip in there. That's my favorite. I feel like, again, it's so similar to like the entrepreneurial business side of things of like you've built these habits over time of like eating unhealthy or like, you know, not working out kind of thing. And I'm very guilty of it too, where I'm like, oh, I haven't worked out in three months. I'm going to go like zero to a hundred. I'm going to go from no workouts in three months to like five days a week work and it's just not sustainable it's not gonna last because you gotta like build up the bits over time so you have to unbuild them over time you know what i'm saying 100 and i think it's like anything when we try and sprint before we can walk we're gonna fall over we're gonna trip and it's not to say that you can't do those things i'm not here to shoot you down if you feel really motivated to jump in with something and you've you want to go five days a week, whatever that looks like, whatever your version of that extreme is, you go for it. However, please surround yourself with a support system so that when you feel unmotivated or tired or exhausted, you don't all of a sudden throw in the towel and beat yourself up and then say, or fell off the wagon. And then another three weeks, four weeks passes before you find that motivation again. So it's okay to do that. I'm not here to take it from you. However, just surround yourself with a support system that is going to keep you going through those times, because ultimately, otherwise you're on that hamster wheel of falling off, getting back on, not achieving the results, feeling guilty, trying again. And it takes so much strength and courage every time to try again. And so if we can eliminate some of that, in my opinion, we are winning. So starting smaller is my honest piece of advice. But if there's anyone here that is like, no, that's my only way, it's all or nothing, then please just at least surround yourself with a really strong support system maybe a coach maybe a really strong community so that on those days where you are human and you don't feel like doing it you have some other people to help you up and keep you going Mm, that's so important amazing i'm very curious because in your bio and we talked a little bit about it you're a digital nomad as well as this like are you able to take your business on the road with you like completely online what inspired your digital nomad journey all that good stuff. Yeah, it's such a glamorized word, isn't it? And I feel like right now you're living it like you're sitting in a foreign place. You've up against, you know, other people in your space. You've got your mic in a different setup than normal. And it's like, sometimes it's fun and glamorous. Other times it's like, this is causing me huge issues and being a digital nomad isn't that fun. But I will say it's an experience that if you are called to those words. Like if you love the idea of being able to take your business anywhere, you just got to go for it. You just got to try it. And so it was something that from day one, I always had built online and had people all over the world. I was living in Canada at the time. Our first client was in Mexico. And so all of a sudden I was thinking, wow, this is 
I, I wouldn't be able to train that person or help this person with where I am. So it's already this digital company, which I was stoked about, never thinking though what potential it could hold for me in my life. And so I, I wasn't really testing out the full digital nomad thing. I was in a, in a house, in a base, just running my business as best I can. I had quit my full-time job. It wasn't until the pandemic happened where we had one-way tickets booked to Australia and we got rid of everything, our house, all of our belongings. And then eight days before we were supposed to fly out, the world shut down and the borders closed. And all of a sudden we were sort of forced to be digital nomads because we didn't know when they were going to open. And so we bounced around. We lived in a different Airbnb every single month. And it was the most amazing experience to be able to grow the business month over month, have clients all over the world and really live this digital nomad experience. However, let me put a caveat I had been building business for at least five years. I had built up a base. I had members. We had recurring revenue. And so just want to make sure I'm not sugarcoating anything and making it sound unrealistic. It was a scary time to be on a one income family, my wife and I, and to be moving around all of the time and not having a community and those sorts of things. However, it's the best thing ever. And I do recommend if those words resonate with you, you've just got to try it. Wow. Eight days before you're supposed to leave on a one-way ticket, the world shut down. That's insane. It was a blessing in disguise because we had nowhere to go and we didn't know when the borders would open again. And so we discovered that you could live in Airbnbs for a month at a time. And then we just, that was our rent. We just paid Airbnb and we lived in different places and our reviews of how good a tenants we were became our lifeline. And we just would be on that site all the time looking for our next place where we wanted to go explore and where we wanted to live. And one of the best things we've ever done. That's so fun. I love that so much. I feel like my partner and I with COVID kind of did like a similar ish thing, not as quickly as like month to month, but we like moved uh, into a sublet that was going to be temporary. And then the world shut down and we're like, let's get a van and travel around BC because I'm from BC, British Columbia. So we did that. And then the van broke down and then we kind of hopped a little bit, but then we did like three to four month stints at different places. But it was really cool to like be able to kind of pick up your life and like move it to the next place and be like, oh, just got to start work. Just open the computer. I love that. And I do think that there, there were sort of two types of people, people that looked at it in a really negative light and had a lot of awful, horrible, hard things going on and felt like it was the worst thing ever. And then I do feel like me personally anyway, was surrounded by people or even having these conversations of people who turned it into a really positive situation and decided, well, let's try something different. And this would have never happened if this whole big shift in the world wasn't occurring. And so it was this beautiful blessing for a lot of people and it taught us how we spend our time and what we value and what our home environment is like and maybe what changes we need to make I think there's a lot of people that have some positive incredible stories come out of it and yeah we would have just moved to Australia and been hanging out on the beach and life would have continued as normal if that hadn't happened and so the digital nomad was kind of a forced thing but again one of the best things ever that's so awesome yeah something I'm really like I've been in Mexico for probably like 10, 11 days now. And I traveled with a friend for the first nine days. And now I've been alone for two days, which is a big shift, a scary shift. And something that I'm really discovering is like what my non-negotiables are with traveling, because I was always like, oh yeah, I'll stay in hostels. I'll be a free spirit kind of thing. But like, I feel like one of my non-negotiables is just, I have two big ones that have really been coming up and it's to move slowly. So like the first day, nine days I was here, my friend was like on vacation and I was like, I have a one-way ticket. So I don't know when I'm going home. She was like, let's do this. Let's go out. Let's go on tours. Let's do all this stuff. And I was like, hell yeah, vacation vibes. But then like 
it was really hard to balance work and that. And so one of my non-negotiables with it right now is like to move slowly. Like today it's, it's like 3 PM my time when we're filming this and I've done nothing but work all day. So it's nice to just kind of like slow down and work. And one of my other non-negotiables is to have, like, I love the hostel life. It's been fun, but I think I really need my own space, like my own room kind of thing. So that's something I've been discovering. I love that. And I think sometimes we think we have an idea of what we want it to be or what somebody else's experience has been. And maybe we chase after that. And when we're actually in it and doing it, all of a sudden we realize, hold on a minute, that doesn't align with, with me, my values. That doesn't fit right. Something's a bit off here. And when we really start listening to that, I believe we find what truly lights us up. And it can be as simple as you getting your own space so that you have, let's say your mornings to do all the work that you need to do without distractions. And then you can go and do whatever the heck you want to do for the rest of the afternoon. For example, it's like, we learn those things when we put in the experience and if we never go for it, then we're never going to learn those things. So I think that it's a beautiful part of life where we get to learn those things about ourselves from that experience. And now I like, look, I, I just truly believe that those things that you've learned in the last nine or 11 days is like those things will carry forward and will actually help you grow as a human. Absolutely. Like even when I first got here, one of my clients that I work with, I was talking to call it's like the execution or something. And it's like, just, it's so common and it's such a thing that happens when you visit Mexico, like kind of long-term that like they have a name for it. And she's, so she's like checking in. She's like, how's your execution going? And I'm like, man, it, it beat me up. Like it rung me out for a couple of days and now I'm, I'm getting better. I'm on the other side. Oh, I love that it has a name and that lots of people struggle with it. You're not alone. That's a nice feeling. <laughs> totally. I think it's just a really like really clear message that just similar to the fitness journey too, is like to give yourself grace, especially when the world shut down and everyone kind of got shooken up and it's like, just give yourself grace and be able to, you know, kind of go with the flow and not have everything planned out completely because things might happen 100 i think it was a great lesson that we could all take is that like we do not know what like the world overnight can drastically change and some people have forgotten that and gone back into normal and they learned all these things during that really hard time and i think there's a, a large portion of the world that are still carrying a lot of that forward that they know how they spend their time they know what their values are they know to live in the now. They can't plan too far in the future and those sorts of things. And I think it's just been a really, like you said, a really big shakeup that lots of humans needed. Absolutely. I'm curious in your journey over the past, what, seven years now of entrepreneurship and starting your business, what's like one of the most important lessons you've learned over your career? Oh, for any entrepreneurs listening, you'll know that it could be a long, long list. And it's hard to even know where to start because we work fast, we move fast, the highs are few and far between, it feels like, and the lows, you feel like there's an endless amount of them. But I would say that one of the most important things is some sort of community. And so I think that's just been ingrained in me now with the fitness side of things and has carried over onto the business side of things. What I have found is that Often, even if it's someone in a completely different industry, they've faced some of the same struggles. They've faced a lot of the same barriers that you're up against. And so surrounding yourself with some sort of community 
And so when I first started, that was a co-working space. I quit my nine to five job. I was no longer going into an office, but I also didn't have that much work to do because I had just started my business. And I opened my laptop in that space and I was like, what do I do now? I have like two clients. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with all of my time and surrounding myself with other like-minded people. Like I mentioned, even if they're in different industries, it was so helpful for me because all of a sudden I was forced almost to think of this growth mindset and to see what's possible and to hear these conversations and to sit there with a coffee and chat to this other business owner who's been doing this for 15 years and has a team of 10. And for me to think, wow, is that something, number one, that I would like? And number two, how would I get there? And what what are some steps that I would take? And so there's lots of pieces of advice or, or big takeaways that I could share, but that's the number one thing that always comes to the top is surrounding yourself with that, whatever that community looks like. So maybe it's a co-working space, maybe it's a Facebook group, maybe it's a mentorship program, whatever that is, get that around you so that when the times get tough, you have that support. But also when you have wins to celebrate, you have other people that get it and want to celebrate with you as well. Mm, I love that so much. Community is so important and I feel like it was definitely a lesson I've learned too over the past like couple months because I was very like isolated obviously through quarantine and everything and I was like I don't need anybody because I was like I have online friends it's fine but then I found a co-working space as well and like would meet we'd meet at the library sometimes and I had a bunch this like group around me that also worked online and I was like wow my soul is refreshed this is what I needed (laughs) 100% 100% and it's wild to think of like how many, how much those people can help you in just even a little small conversation and sometimes when you need that it can be really helpful and I think that majority of entrepreneurs that I know also we're really good at procrastinating and putting things off and so when we have that community it can really help us stay accountable to the things that we want to work on and move the needle forward because when you're an entrepreneur you don't have that boss that's asking for that thing you don't have that deadline you don't have those due dates and so when you surround yourself with that community whatever that looks like I think that there's a way to enlist that help of here's what I'm working on here's what data I'd like to have it out by or whatever it may be and then all of a sudden you've got this help and support through those times as well totally I also love that you said like you could be talking to someone who's been in business for 15 years they've got a team of 10 and you can really kind of talk to them and ask your like vulnerable questions of if they if that and see if that's what you want kind of thing and I feel like for me I always see those people as like on a pedestal kind of thing like oh this person's been in business like three times as long as I have like I'll never get to that level blah blah and it just like meeting someone and talking to them like face to face person to person just makes the unobtainable seem obtainable you know it like takes them off that pedestal it totally does they're just real people as well that have likely been working harder and longer hours than they've ever worked in their life before and just like one other thing that's always stuck with me I was having a conversation in my very early days in this co-working space and it was with a company, they they were a big IT company. So they help people with like, I don't even know, IT is a bit of a, a wild world. I know there's lots of different breakouts of that. However, what they really, the takeaway from this conversation was that they had got into some really big trouble in the accounting world and in the tax world. And they are a big multi-million dollar company. And all of a sudden they owed this huge tax bill that they were not expecting. And I remember sitting there as this fresh little entrepreneur who wasn't even earning enough to be charging GST at the time and thinking, I never want to be in a position where I'm in 
some sort of surprise tax bill trouble. And so something that that helped me with is I've always paid for an accountant. I've always paid for some help and support with the software that's going to make it easy. I always pay quarterly, those sorts of things, so that I'm never in that position. So it could be something as small as that little conversation that resonates with you. For some people, that wouldn't worry them. That wouldn't bother them. For me, I'm like, that is everything. I don't want to have to, for whatever reason, dip into personal savings to pay this huge tax bill and then figure life out. And so I always put things in place to help me avoid that. And so far, knock on wood, I have not had any huge surprises. And so I think that surrounding yourself with those sorts of conversations too, that person was just venting and complaining, they'll likely never know how much they helped me. And I think when you're around that sort of community, there's lots of opportunities for that. Mm, That's so true. It really shows you like the shadows in your business that you never even would have thought about. That's so interesting. Exactly. We're not thinking about paying taxes when we're just starting out and all we're focused on is how to get another sale and get a new customer. Totally. This also is scaring me, scaring me straight a little bit that I need to hire an accountant because I've been meaning to do that. So thank you. This has impacted me as well. It all goes on. That conversation was probably over five years ago and it's still, I swear, helping people. So you just never know the power of that community and those conversations. I love that so much. That person doesn't know how many people they've affected with that one little vent, that one little complaint. It's been you, me, maybe some of our listeners. Probably. And yeah, like you say, you never know. And so there's likely conversations that we also have that perhaps will help people with. And I just think that that's a beautiful part where we can all be in that community together. Sure. A lot of it is struggle town. There's a lot of lows. However, there are some really big highs as well. And I will tell you, my wife is sick and tired of celebrating big revenue months and big membership signups. And she doesn't really care for that. She doesn't even really know what it's all about. All that she cares about is that her life is amazing and we get to travel a lot. And I'm talking it up a little bit. She's very supportive. But where I'm going with this is that she's not going to celebrate those wins in the same way that other entrepreneurs get and they understand the struggle and how hard you've had to work to get to some of those places. And so, yes, there's a lot of lows and a lot of water cooler talk around big tax bills and those sorts of things. But there's also a chance and an opportunity to celebrate big wins with other entrepreneurs who will high five you and hug you and jump up and down because they truly get it. And so that's something that I think is important as well. Mm, totally those who get it get it and it's so refreshing and nice to like talk to somebody who gets it and it was an entrepreneur like my best friend is also a virtual assistant so like we chat about virtual assisting a lot and it's like wow this is so great not having to like explain what I do to somebody like in depth because they already know what I do exactly it's like a different language but you're allowed to speak the same language together you don't have to do different words for people who don't understand Exactly. That's so nice. That's, yeah. Those who get it, get it. I think that's it. I think that's what this should be called. Those who get it, get it. <laughs> Title of the podcast. I love it. Yeah. It'll Amazing. Be. You talk about travel a lot. And I'm curious, just like as a fellow digital nomad, if there's like a country or a place that you really enjoyed visiting that you don't want to go back to. Oh, so Vancouver Island, my wife and I were just talking about this last night holds a very, very, very special place in our heart. You're from BC, you likely know. And so it just, whew, it gives me goosebumps when I speak about it. We spent, we, we actually stayed in Tofino for one month and then we ended up finding a place to be able to book for the whole summer to go back. And so we kind of broke our digital nomad move every month rule because we just couldn't get enough of this place. And so I would say Vancouver Island as a whole holds a very special place in our heart. 
Tofino. If you know, you know. If you get it, you get it. And so it is just a special place. And I felt I had some really big breakthroughs in that place just on the beach with my bare feet and nothing fancy. We lived in the tiniest little loft that was one of the most expensive places we've ever stayed in our life. And it was so worth it because we didn't, for that month, we really didn't travel. We didn't really shoot out and go on lots of adventures. We spent 90% of our time on the beach, in the water. We had our ocean everyday challenge. We rented surfboards. We surfed every single day. It was just a magical place. And so not to go on too much of a rant, but that holds a very special place in my heart. And there's just something there in the air that made me feel this sense of calm, even with some big personal stuff going on and some huge business moves. We were hiring team, we were expanding business. There was all this big stuff happening, yet I felt so grounded and so safe and so calm from that place. And so it's just, it's wild. There's something there and people that live there, they'll tell you that once you go there, you kind of get stuck. And so we started looking at property and we very quickly took a turn away from that because we're like before we know it, we're going to be living in our Tofino bubble and we'll never leave so that's a place to answer the question that I would return to in a heartbeat and that holds a very special place in my heart mm, I love that I also love Vancouver Island I lived in Victoria for a couple of years and that's actually where I met my husband so I also love it and it's funny that you're talking about Tofino because I met a guy in the hostel last night in Mexico here who lives in Tofino so I think this is just a sign that I have to go back. So if you want to meet me in Tofino, let me know. 100%. The universe is trying to tell you something. And if anybody ever wants to meet me in Tofino, it's pretty much a guarantee to make that happen. And just like the people on Vancouver Island don't know how to explain it other than just like some sort of magic. They are just a different breed of human. And we absolutely love every single human we met on Vancouver Island. We're still in contact with a lot of them. We send each other packages. We FaceTime. Like it's just, there's just some really special things going on on that island. I love that so much. I love that you're still in contact with them. I swear, yeah, there's something in the air on the island. It's just great. Yeah, you go over from Vancouver on the ferry. I didn't even realize because where I grew up, we have this place called Phillip Island. And so you drive across, like you can leave the big city and in an hour and a half, you can drive across this massive bridge and you can be at Phillip Island. And so when we were looking at Airbnbs, we'd look on Vancouver Island and I'm like, sure, my wife booked it, like, let's go. I didn't realize that it wasn't a giant bridge that we drove across. We drove our car onto a ferry and then we caught this ferry across the water. I'm like, where are we going? And so the whole thing was wild to me. And it's like, when you leave Vancouver, halfway across the water it's like there is something going on here because it's just like everything changed and then we got off on the other end and it was like yep this is it and when you arrive somewhere and everything is unknown you don't even know where your airbnb is and we've just felt so welcomed by people it's just it's hard to explain unless you go there and if you're listening to this and you live there or you've been there you know you get it and so there's just something about it and I just feel like more people need to go because most people you talk to you say Vancouver Island and they're like oh yeah my cousin lives in Vancouver and it's like no not Vancouver Vancouver Island so that's uh maybe it's the beautiful different. thing about it not many people know about it I don't know totally yeah this is inspiring me my sister lives in Victoria on the island so I'm gonna go visit her Whenever I go back to Canada, that's so fun. It's such a beautiful place. It's so beautiful. I love that. I don't know what I was expecting when I asked that question. Some like far off Southeast Asian country or something, but it was like the island. And I was like, wow, I've been there. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other 
you know, places like Sri Lanka are fantastic, Fiji, like these other places where you're going to get, you know, maybe they don't speak English. I love Portugal. You know, there's a long list of places that I could choose, but for whatever reason, that just has a large chunk of my heart. And maybe it's because a lot of the personal growth happened there and a lot of big things shifted. And so it probably just holds that as well. But yeah, it's a magical place, but it's hard to choose just one when there's so many things to see and there's so many awesome places that we've visited. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like that's another lesson for me too. just having this conversation. It just is like an epiphany moment too, of like, I wouldn't consider myself a digital nomad before like this year because I'm now I'm in a different country like working. So I'm like, oh yeah, now I've checked the box being a digital nomad. But like I traveled for three years during a pandemic throughout BC, like we would move every couple months, we would go traveling. And it was like this really great safety net of being able to be like, well, I'm just going to start work and like open my computer kind of thing. But like, it's weird that I never considered that digital nomading, but it completely is. And like, like I said, I didn't expect you to say somewhere like Canada. Cause I was like, oh, that's not traveling. That's just Canada. But it's like, it's the same thing. 100%. And I think that's it. Just make your own rule book, make your own rules. And if you consider it that, then it is that. And you don't have to fit into this. Like I mentioned right at the beginning, it is this glamorized word, I feel. However, make it yours. Do what actually makes you happy. If other people are on beaches with their laptops, I always actually see, I see someone like in a pool in this beautiful tropical place and they're on their laptop next to the pool. And I think, well, when I was rocking the whole digital nomad thing, the worst thing I wanted to do was actually be working next to the pool. I would make sure that I could get absolutely everything done in a short amount of time so I could go enjoy myself in those scenarios and situations. So I think it's like, these, we get these ads or we get these messaging that don't you want to be here while you work and with the pool and the margarita and the laptop in your lap and I just always see them and it's like advertising how to be a digital nomad and I'm like well, hold on a minute get off your laptop and go enjoy life if you're actually truly you know living that digital nomad life but that's just me that's just personally what aligns with me and so make your own rule book make your own life work when you want to work on your terms explore when you want to explore I think it's less about the rules and what ticks the box of digital nomad and more about are you living a life that feels truly aligned to how you want to live it yes or no and that's your answer mm, I love that so much also so true like I've tried that like working on the beach kind of thing have you ever tried like your computer overheats there's glare it's not enjoyable like you get sand everywhere it's not that enjoyable so I totally agree with the like get your work done and then enjoy it sand everywhere, not enjoyable. People looking at you a little bit strange. And so it's just like, get, put the screen down, be where you are, get your work done hundred percent. However, I just will never understand why that's, why that's something that's so glamorized or even private jets here, get on this private jet. And they're like working. I'm like, well, wouldn't you want to just be laying back and having fun and a dance party on the private jet, not with your laptop doing what you could be doing from your couch. I always see it. And I always think, that doesn't align with me. And that's okay. It can align with you if you want to work on your laptop while you're on a private jet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I would definitely have a dance party and like just be looking out the window the whole time. Just like running back and forth between windows because you can. Exactly. Maybe we need to make an ad that has that instead of people sitting on their laptops working. Deal. I'm in. We'll co-create it. We'll take our jet to defend Amazing. This deal. Oh, I'm so in. Don't tease me. This has been such a fun conversation and I'm very curious what your unpopular opinion is as we kind of hone down the podcast. Yeah, I think it could be about traveling or 
business or digital nomadness? Anything that comes to mind? I think I've really harped on the back of what my unpopular opinion is for digital nomads. So we'll leave that one there. People probably really are getting that one. I think in business and entrepreneurship in general, my unpopular opinion is that you need that hustle culture. You need that grind. I've had many mentors in my life. And I remember in the first stages of uh, building my business, people said to me, oh, you're working 12 hours, you need to work 14. And these people owned large companies. They were very successful in my eyes. I was buying them lunch so I could ask them questions. And they told me all of this, what fits into the category of hustling and grinding and killing yourself to build these businesses. And what my opinion is, is that we absolutely do not need to do that. It can feel in alignment with the kind of life that you want to live. And so the people that I talk to about business, or if a friend is starting to uh, think about opening a company, it's like, well, let's create it on your terms, build it on the life you want to actually live instead of feeling like you need to absolutely kill yourself to get to where you're going to go, because you'll get there. Similar to my fitness journey. I absolutely killed myself. I lost the 65 pounds. And then I developed an eating disorder. I had these watchboard abs and I was so unhappy. And the same thing occurs in business. You may get to the top. Look what you've done to yourself in the process. Look who's around you. Probably no one because you've isolated yourself. And so my unpopular opinion is that you don't have to do this hustle, this grind, these long hours. It can take time. There's no timeline other than the one you put on yourself. So take it step by step work in a way that makes you feel happy and that feels aligned in your life. And before you know it, you'll look back and you'll be so proud of what you've built. And the best part is you haven't killed yourself to get there. Wow. Mic drop. That's wow. I have chills. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. That was wow. I'm speechless now. I was like, damn. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the way the world works. Hustle culture is a thing of the past. It is. And I guess it's hard to sometimes believe that, but I'm here to say with a six-figure company and a beautiful, small, but mighty team of five, it's possible. It is 100% possible. And so if I had believed those mentors that wrote things down on serviettes for me and said, this is what you've got to do, if I had taken that in and run with it, I'd be in a very different place right now, but something didn't feel right. So trust yourself, back yourself, but also listen to the people who aren't selling you the hustle that have also succeeded and achieved similar things to the what you want to achieve. Amazing. That's so good. Yeah. I'm like literally speechless right now. I'm like, I have nothing to add. That was perfect. Time for you That's to go it. To That's the podcast. That's it. Yes. That's it. That's the podcast. Amazing. I would like to ask one last question here, which is your permission slip for the week. So I'll share mine first, just so you can have a minute to think about it. My permission slip this week is to really hone in on my non-negotiables and like figure out what that means for me. And then also a little two-parter here. My permission slip is to make my own rules because if those non-negotiables work for me one week and not the other, I'm going to give myself permission to change it up as often as I see fit. Also, I was talking to Chad about just like the first night that I was alone in Mexico. I was like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Like the imposter syndrome was hitting. And I was like, I don't know if I want to be here any longer, you know, because traveling is hard. And I feel like digital nomad is so, like you said, glamorized that it's like, oh, it's perfect. And you make friends and it'll be so great. But like, I felt very isolated and I felt very alone. 
even though I was in a hostel and like the first night I was here somebody snorts so loudly in the dorms and I didn't get any sleep and I was like this sucks why do people want this so bad and he was like if you want to come home like you can come home tomorrow you can book a flight today like nobody's gonna judge you you know if you want to come home or if you want to go to a different country like you make your own rules and I it was exactly the pep talk I needed in that moment oh I love that so much. That resonates in such a huge way. And I think people are going to really love the permission to channel that for themselves. That is so beautiful. Thank you. What does your permission slip say this week? My permission slip this week is to slow down, to actually embrace the fact that sometimes less is more. I feel like we're at a time of the year where it's busy for a lot of people. The whole new year thing has worn off a little bit and people are now just in their motions again. And I think that it's an important reminder to actually just slow down. So maybe that means permission to cancel that dinner that you said yes to. Maybe it's permission to take the morning off your job because you just need a little bit of a mental health space in your calendar. That's my permission is slow down, take a few deep breaths, go back to you, focus on what's important. Mm, I love that so much. As we're saying this and like honing down on the podcast, I'm like, "Mm, I could go for a little nap, a little siesta. I love it so much. Take it, take the naps, do the things that actually make you feel happy and stop trying to convince yourself that you need to do anything else other than what makes you truly happy. Hey, freaking men. That's such a good permission slip. Thank you so much for being here, Lucy. This has been such an amazing and powerful and juicy conversation. I'm so glad that we got to meet. I love it. I love that we're using the word juicy. That is a vibe. And I just want to say thank you for holding this space. Thank you for having this conversation. Thank you for getting this out to the people listening. I hope that it helped you in some sort of way. I think that's probably why we both show up and do things that we do. We're here to help people. We're here to not go through things alone. And I just have to say a huge thank you because this wouldn't be happening, obviously, without you creating this space. So thanks for that. Oh, my heart. Thank you. It's been so lovely having this conversation. We're not going to leave, though, without a little shameless self-promo. Also, you have a little gift for our listeners. Yeah, I mean, you've made it this far in the episode. So I feel like gifts are my love language. And so we talked a lot about the whole business side of things. But I do run the eight-week program, which is the transformation program that we help people really, like I was mentioning at the beginning, become the more confident version of themselves, become stronger, become happier, all those things. And so there's a lot included in that program. And we'd love to gift two spots for that eight-week program to people that are listening. So I believe we'll put the link down in the show notes and then people can enter. And then we normally do a fun giveaway. There's confetti involved, but not too much because like we care about the planet and it's recyclable paper. And we announced the giveaway on Instagram. And so that's a really fun thing that we can do for these people. And then if you want to connect, Instagram is a great place where I overshare absolutely everything in my life. And so it's at Dunbells, D-U-N-N-E-B-E-L-L-S. Happy to chat with you. Anything digital nomad, anything entrepreneurship, anything health and wellness, just anything really. I love connecting with awesome people. And if you want to join Carly and I and Tofino, then get yourself on that list. Yes. We'll have a retreat in Tofino. Oh my God. You watch. Honestly, Honestly, that'd be so fun. I can see this. Sold. Thank you so much. That's so generous with the giveaway. So yeah, we'll have everything linked in the show notes. So if you're listening, if you've made it this far in the conversation, go enter. 
This was so amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Lucy. Honestly, so glad that I could be here. Thank you so much for having me. And I just hope everybody listening has the most amazing day. Yes, me too. And if you're listening and you check her out on Instagram, give us a little follow too at wildly.balanced because it's also super fun over there. A little shameless self-promo on my end. Love it. Thanks so much.